What the actual F is going on with the price of diesel? $2.20, 30 40 50 whatever, a litre, seemingly ascending without end. Whereas petrol is kind of slowly trending back to its usual cruising altitude. Is it some horrible conspiracy, big oil and the government? Or are there actual facts and economic influences where this makes complete sense? I'm Johnny Logan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, nothing gets the blue singlet beard stroker more pent up, perhaps, than a discussion about the ever-increasing price of petrol slash diesel. And diesel is on the rise, dude. I'm going to talk about some economic influences that you might not have considered that paint the picture of rationality here, not conspiracy, sorry to disappoint, and also I want to talk about what you get when you actually refine a barrel of crude oil. And this begs another really, really obvious question. Even if we do decarbonize the fleet, how are we ever gonna live without oil? But first, this video sponsored by Olight. Sales starting at 8pm Wednesday the 26th of October, ending Friday at midnight. I'll have specific new Olights for you a little later in the week, but first, Christmas. Let's get a bit Baden-Powell on this, dude. Your wife deeply desires a full-sized Odeance multi-use work light splash-proof and bi-colour, so she's going to be just as comfortable barbecuing in the rain on warm as she will be excavating your new fat cave on cool. 3,000 lumens and USB-C rechargeable. Nothing says I love you quite like a full-sized quality work light. And get yourself a cheeky swivel while you're down there. Swivel is a pocket-sized torch and a work light. Magnetic base, multi-angle, plus you can hang it. Great for the car and cheaper than your wife's new audience. Hashtag priorities. Now, if zombie slaying is more your thing, get the Warrior 3S. It's a lightsaber. It's been drop tested and it's waterproof. There's a tail switch for fast deployment, but there's also a side switch with different brightness modes when you're not slaying the undead. If there is an inconvenient infestation of undead at your place, however, and Jim's zombie slayers are off for the holidays, you're going to be okay. Finally, my favourite Olight, the Warrior Mini 2, which I carry with me every damn day. You could probably kill a zombie or even two with one of these, except they're already dead. It's bright, versatile and tough, kind of like you, dude. And chicks certainly appreciate a man with a Warrior Mini 2 sized bulge in his trousers. It's reassuring for all concerned, even if you don't get to deploy it quite as often as you might like. I carry one with me every day and it has been most satisfying indeed. Thanks so much for asking. Link in the description, sale starts Wednesday, code for 12% off outside the sale. Also, your lovely wife is going to be most surprised by that audience, dude. Do tell her it was my idea, if you know what's good for you.
So, a comment I got the other day from a dude or dudette named Ant Hill Inside. Mr. or Mrs. Inside. Ant Hill, as in, you know, the structure that ants build when they excavate. It's probably not the worst thing a person could be called for a Christian name. Barbed wire enema would be a worse Christian name, particularly with that surname. Anywho, I don't know about other states, but here in the social estate of Andrews, petrol prices are dropping, but diesel prices is still increasing, now up around $2.40 per litre. This is going to feed directly into inflation. Why would diesel fuel not track around the same as petrol? Good point, Mr. Inside, or Mrs. Inside, whatever. They're different demand mechanisms, like... Let's just lay this out. Petrol is more your commuter fuel. So commuter behaviour, demand, etc., is a real driver on the demand side of petrol, which is why petrol prices go through the roof every school holidays, because people tend to do more long-distance driving, particularly around Christmas, dude. So there's that, whereas diesel tends to be more linked to economic activity and logistics and things of that nature. So when there's an increase in logistic type activity, and let's face it, everything that you see on the shelf at the supermarket or every other shop when you go to the shopping mall, you know, it's brought there by a truck burning diesel, right? Every shipping container comes off a ship and gets moved to a logistic facility on a truck and then it gets decanted and palletized and split up to different retail or wholesale warehouses, whatever. And that secondary sort of logistic operation happens by truck, right? And you'll, I'm sure there are 5,000 large TVs going south from Sydney to Melbourne at exactly the same time as another 5,000 are coming north from Melbourne to Sydney at times on trucks. And yeah, so diesel, the price of diesel is directly linked to inflation because when diesel goes up, the price of everything goes up because there is a logistics component to the price of everything. So yes, Mr. or Mrs. Inside, there is that, but I disagree that fuel doesn't all track equally, like petrol doesn't track the same as diesel because there are different economic mechanisms driving the demand side. So I got a related comment. This is like a secondary comment from a dude named Al Robert here who says, especially when diesel is cheaper to refine than petrol. Ah, yes, Al. I hate it when the education system leaves someone behind than petrol. And I'd say that that's crap, dude. Like, it's not cheaper to refine. The refining process starts with crude oil and hundreds of different components come out the other end. Petrol and diesel are quite close in terms of the fractionality and it's just as hard to refine diesel as it is to refine petrol. There are chemical standards that need to be met about the sulphur content and lubricity and all of these things. And therefore, it's not like... Diesel just pisses out the back, whereas petrol's really, really hard to refine. There's a whole chemical factory producing hundreds of chemicals from crude oil, and they're all pretty different and equally difficult to pull out and extract and do all of that chemical manipulation, I'd suggest. And now, a third comment in this same thread from a dude named Chad Stapleton, who says, 
I've been seeking an answer to the price of diesel also. Petrol is 40 to 50 cents a litre more than 12 months ago, comma, dot, dot, dot. Interesting punctuation, dude. But diesel is a full $1.0 more than last year when it was cheaper than petrol. Two question marks with a space on either side. Well done. Some, that's a sentence apparently. Bastard, b apostrophe starred, I got that one right, I like that, is having a lend of our tolerance here, space dog's dick. Chattels, work harder on the punctuation, dude. The punctuation is like pacing. It's like, it's like knowing when to take a breath. It's kind of important, and it makes a lot of difference to the nuance, just saying. I'd suggest that there's no conspiracy, no having a land. There's, there's just not. There's just fundamental economics, and most people don't understand the basics about fuel, liquid fuels, right? You start with a barrel of oil, you refine it, different chemicals come out, can you name six or eight of them? I bet you can't. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what happens when you put a barrel of, of crude oil in your refinery. What comes out the other end in all these different taps? It's kind of important to know, all right? And I'd furthermore say that Australians need to stop complaining about the price of petrol. It's nauseating. Fuel in general, these complaints are nauseating. We have the fourth cheapest fuel in the OECD, and the reason it's so cheap in Australia is because we have low taxation on fuel. Yes, there is tax. And yes, it is a significant component of the price. But hey, dude, it's still low on the world stage. In fact, if you break down the price of petrol all around the developed world, the difference in price per litre is essentially the difference in the tax. So you should write to your local federal member, whichever flavour they are, Labor or Liberal, whatever, and thank them for the low taxation we enjoy in Australia on fuel. Thanks for keeping fuel so cheap compared to our brethren in Italy or the old Dart or France or something of that nature. That really is different here. And just go to Europe, dude. Buy a couple of litres of petrol. Hire a car. See how friggin' expensive it is. The difference is the tax. We pay low tax. A barrel of oil. Guess. Guess, dude, how many litres in one barrel of oil? If your answer was 159, well done. Paying attention. Yes. What do you get out of that, though? You get 72 litres of petrol. So petrol is the major refinery product of the distillation of oil. Okay, It's about half petrol when you break it all down. They're really just boiling it up and different bits evaporate at different temperatures and they just sort of siphon it off and condense it out and there's your refinery. You get about 40, high 30s, 40 litres of diesel. Diesel is the next biggest chunk of the barrel. Okay, so between them, that makes up about 110 litres out of 159. And then here's where it gets interesting. After that, you get about 14 litres of kerosene or jet fuel. So that's kind of just under 10%. The real interesting thing about jet fuel is that when you look at the fraction of crude where you extract diesel, there's a bit of overlap between diesel 
fraction and jet fuel fraction. So what you can do is you can tweak your refinery. You can tweak your refinery to make a little bit more jet fuel or a little bit more diesel over here. And therefore, if there's an increase in demand for aviation fuel, what you can do is you can make just a little bit more aviation fuel out of every barrel, but that pumps up the price of diesel because then you've got another industry effectively competing for the overlap bit of the two fractions in the barrel, right? And I'd suggest that since COVID, we've seen a bit of a jump in domestic sort of and international aviation. People are allowed to travel again. So guess what? They're doing that. They figured out that it's not that much fun sitting in an aluminium box that's acoustically transparent. You're on the crapper and you can reach the stove here and you're still sitting at the head of the freaking dining table and there's a, a shower over your head. It's kind of not very... I don't know, Hyatt on the park, is it? So people have decided that they might like to fly somewhere exotic as opposed to bumfuck, Australia, might like to fly to, I don't know, Rome or Paris or somewhere like that and stay in an actual hotel with a bathroom that is actually a room on its own, like in your hotel room, but it's a separate room. This is, if you've been caravanning, you know what I'm talking about. It's different. Where were we on all of this? There's more aviation, so that pumps up the price of diesel. And there hasn't been any reduction in things like online shopping, dude. So there's a lot of trucks out there on the road in my suburb, at least, every day just delivering shit. They're all running on diesel, right? People are, whatever, working from home. And working from home is like a downwards pressure on demand for petrol because instead of commuting to the freaking office, you're just sitting there with no pants on, you know, one screen doing a Zoom call and the other screen is dialed into, I don't know, nunswithbigooters.com or whatever. So there's that. After Kero and jet fuel, so we've got petrol, diesel, jet fuel, 70-ish litres, 40-ish litres, about 14 or 15 litres of jet fuel, okay? Then you get six litres of gas like propane and industrochemical stuff like solvents and plastic precursors and things of that nature. So only six litres out of 160, close enough, okay? Then you get three litres of bunker oil, which is always that uh, shit fight when cruise ships come into Sydney Harbour and burn that really filthy heavy oil, okay? So... That's that bunker oil. But out of 159 litres, you only get three litres of bunker oil. And the kind of sundry interesting thing off the back of all of that is 21 litres of other products like Coke, not the <laughs> Colombian Coke, right? Like Coke, like the black stuff that they use as uh, a source of carbon for the refining, uh, for the turning cast iron into steel, for example. Coke, that Coke, the black stuff, right? Tires made of oil, okay? Waxes, asphalt, even lipstick, dude. You know, I know you lipstick from time to time. I know that. I find this hilarious, okay? Basically, when you look at all of these other products, the lippy, but especially the tires, the paints, the chemical precursors, the plastic precursors, asphalt, right? Waxes and asphalt. Every time some dipshit car maker stands in front of a microphone and starts talking about the decarbonisation of the fleet and carbon is the enemy, like that dude from Toyota said the other day. Like, how can carbon be the enemy? And how can 
hydrocarbons be the enemy when they make so much vital stuff for us. Pharmaceuticals, for example, chemical fertilizers. Hydrocarbons saved billions of lives through the Green Revolution by allowing us to produce more food thanks to petrochemical fertilizer, hashtag FFS. But when you're out there in your car, even if it's an EV and you're patting yourself on the back of the dick saying, I did such a great job buying this clean car and I've divorced myself from carbon and I've got my array and I never need to go to the fuel station and I'm clean and green, you are driving on tyres made of oil, right? And you're driving on roads made of oil and your car is full of plastics made of oil and it's painted with chemicals made from oil. So explain to me, riddle me exactly where this divorce is. How far down the track of absolute separation are you if you are one of those insufferable green twats who fails to acknowledge exactly how intertwined their lives are with oil, right? Your life is intertwined with oil, doesn't matter if you drive an EV or not. Plus, we're still going to need paints and lipstick and roads and chemical precursors and medicines and fertilizer, aren't we? So we are going to have to extract oil out of the ground and make those things from it. And inevitably, CO2 is going to be emitted as part of the process. So what do we do with the petrol and the diesel and the jet fuel if we make the vehicles that burn those things obsolete?